podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. On last week's show, James came out with a crazy yet accurate statement of it's not done till it's done, but it's done. And this week that'll finally become official as Celtic put the seal on the Scottish Premiership title after a brilliant first season for Ange Postacoglu and his men. This is episode 68 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by Miff and Paddy to cover all things Celtic. Miff, it's not yet official, but it might as well be. How are you feeling? I feel very good, Tino, thank you. Uh, hello, hello Paddy, hello guys. Um, yes, it's a... Uh, Especially the nature of the victory on Saturday, uh, the way that the team responded and then completely dominated the game, the the bitter bitter tears of Nielsen and Gordon making it even sweeter, um, and also just another thing just that I thought was quite strange was after the weekend's games, Celtic actually came out with a better goal difference because they, they came out with a positive. They actually went a goal up and nobody really talked about that which I thought was strange given that it was down to goal difference so we've, ex- we've extended their lead at the top we, of the we, table we did in, in effect extend their lead <laughs> but nobody wants to talk about yeah. that <laughs> but maybe that's me just being a wee paranoid Celtic fan no I, f- I feel I feel great I feel great it, it was just it, it was good to watch you know first 15 minutes very very sticky um, the team let's be honest with them the team aren't winners you know a lot of the guys that have come in aren't um, but they're going to go over the line in some style, I think. Yeah. Paddy Smith says a, a pretty solid performance overall against Hearts and we're now just about there. Yeah, um, it was a, a solid game for us on Saturday. I thought that, uh, I actually think, I was saying to some of the guys after, I think the goal from them helped us. I, I think it helped the full stadium, spurred them on for the rest of the game. I think a few people were worried that it was going to be quite flat on Saturday after... Uh, kind of witnessing what had happened last week um, with, uh, with with the, the one each draw and then obviously uh, that lot getting to the, the, the final but I just think it was uh, Oh I did, did I? I maybe no I've heard um, but I thought it was one of those ones that it just it gave us something just to go and show that why why we have went on and we're, we're going to confirm winning this league this, this week it was, uh, it was a really really strong performance and I thought that once they found their feet after going and go behind on Saturday, um, some really really good play from players that actually haven't uh, even been in the team um, quite a lot lately. Stand out for me. One of the players was uh, David Turnbull, which I was really happy about. So yeah, it was a, it was a, a very good performance from us. You have given quite a lot of stick. Paddy. I know, I know. That, that, listen, I'll, I'll always hold my hands up. We'll go on to Matt O'Reilly as well, who he gave stick to last oh, week. Uh, but, but we'll get Matt to really. all that. Uh, listen, we could do a special on him. Maybe we will. As Paddy says, Miff, though, you've, uh, we've not got off to the best start, conceding after, I think, three minutes. But actually, I think, to an extent, we then started to find our feet. What I thought was interesting was uh, Scottish Football Writers Player of the Year, Craig Gordon, time-wasting from the fifth minute of the game. <laughs> the, and also, subsequently, bemoaning a correct decision. Yeah. And and his manager backing that up. Like, I mean, know it was the right decision, but come on, lads. How can you call that's, the right decision? That's, that's not how it works. Wild. I seen, That's not how it works. Like. I seen someone on Twitter last week describing Craig Gordon uh, when he kicks. It's like he's wearing a pair of skinny fit Levi jeans, and I just can't get the thought out of my head. <laughs> he's um, he's one of those guys when he's in your team, he's, he's likable. Well, unless he's throwing the ball at um, attackers' feet, um, but he's he's, he's likable because he makes big saves at big times. When he's playing against you, he's he's horrible. I'd have to say something on Craig Gordon. 
I've, I, I was in a bit of a debate after the game last week. We we're talking about good goalkeepers for Celtic over, over like the, the dominant generation that we've we've had in the last what twenty odd year. Someone made the point that he that he's let us down in so many big games as yeah. well, yep. and a few the, the the chat that he's the best goalkeeper in Scotland and, and stuff. I, I never understood that about Craig Gordon. I think he's a very very good shot stopper. I don't think he offers much else. Listen, he was he was excellent at his time at Celtic, but yeah, I'm I'm far away from the romantic notion that we let him go too soon. Yeah. What a player is. It's different as well when you're in goals for Hearts than for Celtic. You know, for long spells, you've got zero to do. Yeah. Your concentration needs to be good. Your kicking needs to be good. Your handling, coming out for crosses. And they're not his strength. Shot stopping is good. And that's highlighted at Hearts where he faces a lot of shots. I yeah. mean, even in routine games at Celtic Park, he made some amazing saves. I really, I really liked Gordon. I'll be honest, I really liked him. Mm. Um, but after the, the final when he volleyed the bot, Edward, I just couldn't, I couldn't yeah. go that at all. We were the only nation that seen that as a disrespectful act. I mean, yeah. the, the, the tone in the press after that was an absolute disgrace. Exactly. Um, as was as was Gordon's antics. Um, so, no, I, I, as far as I'm can, can you imagine if um, Ederson had went and got the ball and volleyed it back at Benzema for getting Beninkid, what would have happened to him? You yeah. know, that, that just for me... Absolute nonsense. But anyway, I know we're digressing slightly um, and that doesn't normally happen when I'm on. So <laughs> I, I would say that Gordon has become thoroughly unlikable. Well, he's a jambo, I suppose. But he has, he has become thoroughly unlikable and his bitching and moaning after the game, it just kind of cemented that for me. We've got, he's kind of got to bear in mind we gave him an opportunity to get back into football. You know, it's and, and we, yeah, we took a risk with that, a huge risk. It paid off to an extent. Well, obviously some like trophy leading seasons for him absolutely but like I say there was always a mistake in him and you know I, I just think that that's that's why we look look above and see what, what we can do better and that, who did he throw the ball to was it Leipzig I think it might have been Poulsen actually aye, Poulsen. anyway I'll tell you what we've spent about two minutes more on Craig Gordon than <laughs> not and, and, but also the other one the Inter Milan the Inter Milan one jeez right anyway that's us let's kick on sorry Tony um, you know. <laughs> in terms of Hearts in general So there's an irony Paddy That we obviously lost Our opening league game Of the season 2-1 uh, At Tynecastle And then effectively We won the league By beating them 4-1 There at the weekend um, Again it was Jota Who's turned the game Around for us He's done particularly well I think for the The equaliser Really good run And then set up Maeda And then he's also Nodded it down For Kyogo to, to score the second How do you think he done? Yeah he's been Very very Strong uh, The past few games um, I thought the game Against Rangers he, he Definitely one of our Best players And just continued that and that sense of like um I wouldn't say relief but just joy of um of playing so well on Saturday, getting that lap of honour. You've seen how happy he was at the end of the game as well. It means an awful lot to him. Um so I I, I thought he was outstanding on Saturday. They, they they really couldn't get close to him. Yeah. Um, preferred him out on the left. I, I like when he switches up. Mm -hmm. You know, he does it frequently, him and Maeda will just at a certain I don't know if and gives an order how it how it comes into play, but at certain times you blink and you miss it, and all of a sudden Jota, Jota pops up on the yeah. left. What do you think, Muff? A, a worthy man of the match? Um, I would have said Taylor. I, I thought I, I, I know you would have. I, I, no, but I, th I thought Taylor. That that's probably as good a game as he's, I thought he was excellent. Have you seen the wee clip where Callum McGregor's walking around the stadium? You I, can see it in Celtic's tweet. You then me then Jota. Yeah. <laughs> Callum McGregor. <laughs> Points to himself, sorry, points to Taylor says, I thought it would have been you, then me, then Jota, and it looks like he's talking about man of the match. I, I, I just, I, I thought Taylor was exceptional, but again, you could have probably given it 
two McGregor. Mm-hmm. He could have probably given it. Well, they did go to Jota, but no real arguments for me. Um, Jota is playing like a man who is full of confidence. Um, probably the only game that's a blip really would be the semi-final. Yeah. I'd say he just didn't really show his form that day, although he wasn't the only one. No. Um, the team seemed somewhat emotionally drained on that day for some reason but I think we can forgive them that because they have fought many battles for mm-hmm. us over the course of this season and they've come out on top in the vast majority of them um, Jota is definitely that type of quality that we need you know it just the, the amount of times he comes up with assists at big moments people talk about goals but he seems to be able to he's got that creative spark at a moment when you need it he took the initiative um, I didn't think it was a foul on Sibic personally I thought McGregor actually burrowed in and got to the ball yeah. which caused Sibic to fall over his the ball being against his foot aye, aye. that was how I saw it anyway um, but to then go up the park there's still a lot, lot of work to do it's it's a brilliant goal and I'm delighted for Maida as well because it's good to see him getting a reward for the, the endless work that he does yeah no doubt Paddy when they spoke to Jot after the game they asked him the can I Inevitable question if he'd be looking to sign on permanently for the club and he had a wee glint in his eye, didn't he? Have you seen it? I've not seen that, Tino, no, sorry, but I mean, I'm I'm, I'm very hopeful. I, 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 I did, I did. Uh, do you want to ask this to, to Miff then? Miff, uh, <laughs> they spoke to Jot after the game and they asked him the inevitable question, would he sign on? He had a wee glint in his eye, what do you think? <laughs> this was the one bit of research I did do. Oh, well done. Um, thank you. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, I thought the opposite. What's the opposite, a glint? Uh, I th- no, but I thought it was a kind of mischievous Look, mate, don't ask me, because I'm away. That's what I thought. That's I, great. I, I think you'll stay. I'm, a, I'm no expert in body language, though, as my years at Motherwell Point will tell you. So um, <laughs> that was that was my thoughts. Yeah, I think you'll stay as well, buddy. Um, we mentioned a wee bit earlier on there, uh, David Turnbull. We also touched on Matt O'Reilly. So Rio Hitati was finally rested on Saturday, and I think it's you know it's it's been a wee bit overdue. Turnbull stepped back in. That was his first start since the League Cup final back in December. And he was paired alongside Matt O'Reilly. So how do you think they've done, Paddy? Yeah, for David Turnbull, I thought it took him probably after a half hour mark, he was more comfortable in the ball. Realised then he had the turn on any player kind of coming up and behind him. And some of his passing, some of his vision I thought was was tremendous to see. Um, I've spoken on the show, obviously, can he make the step up? Does he get up to the, the, the pace of play that we play at? And... You know, based on that, I'm hopeful. I really am. I thought it was a very, very good performance from him. Um, obviously, I said my stuff about Matt O'Reilly last week on the show. I've still, I, I've still juries out with him, and, and the reason I'm saying that is I'm talking about does he unlock European defences? I don't know yet. I, I still have to see. And I'm, I like to say I'm ha- happy to be proven wrong in that. No problem. What is your suspicion that he doesn't unlock European defences? So obviously he's not had much to go on. He's at the Bodo game and that's about it. Yeah. In terms of his experience in Europe. Do you think he's got the potential to do so? Or do you think he's just not looking like it at the moment? I or? do. I just don't know if he's going to be up to that pace that we, we require. And I've also said the same about Turnbull as well. We, we speak about players being quick enough to unleash the likes of Maeda, Kyogo in the back, um, like running through the, like running through um, for any through balls or anything of, of that sort and the amount of missed opportunities sometimes and it can come with dilly-dallying on the ball we need players if we're going to compete at that level we need players that are going to be quick enough to see the pass I think there's only I, I'd say there's maybe only Callum McGregor and potentially Hattati fully fit mm. um, and maybe Rogic that can do that I'd still say Rogic is the better of the two without yeah. a doubt 
Matt, I don't think there's any doubt that technically Turnbull and O'Reilly are very, very good ball players. But to Paddy's point, do you think they've got the dynamism, the energy to, to kick on and, and make us a better team? Um, I would say it's just all about how quickly you move the ball and they've got, the, ab- they call it. They've, they've got the, the ability to do it why they don't do it as often I, I, I don't know because they, they, both of them both O'Reilly and Turnbull seem to quite often go sideways or turn back rather than, than play a forward ball for, for whatever reason O'Reilly slightly different I think he's he's made a big step up in his career True. Um, so I think there's still the scope there and it's hard to judge Turnbull on this season because it's been so interrupted yeah. um, quite, it bodes quite well I think for him and also for us that he's come back and been thrust right back into contention straight away and, and, and then been trusted by a starting spot over, over Rogic you know? so he must be showing up well um, he will be another that will benefit for a, a full pre-season under Ange I think it's just quite exciting that if you get Hitati, O'Reilly, Maeda all in up to speed, Jack and Marcus, hopefully with a, an injury-free um, kind of period as well, because he's, he's been quite stop-start as well. Kyogo being the other obvious one, if you get all them in, get them all fit, get a good pre-season into them, I, I just think next season's really, really exciting. Yeah, I'm not at Paddy though, I'm not ready to go to 25 points ahead. I just 20. Just 20. 20. Just 20. Sorry, sorry. Come on, mate. Um, to your point though, Miff, about O'Reilly and Turnbull, I agree. At times the forward pass seems on mm-hmm. and they check out and they go out the other side. Maybe that's a deliberate ploy. Maybe Angie's asked him to do it. Or maybe there's just a, something holding them back. Their, bravery's not the right word. They're not questioning their bravery as players. But why do you think they're maybe not, you know, trying that difficult pass? Well, if you're a Celtic player, you know, there's generally a hierarchy within it. People that are experienced players, somebody like McGregor, for example, would, would probably have more licence to try things, I would imagine, than necessarily somebody like Turnbull or, or, or O'Reilly but it's how, it's how they're coached it's how, what they're encouraged to do mm-hmm. it's also what role they play within the system but um, we have all made comment and, and it's through going to the games because you see it when you sit at the games you see that movement especially for Kyogo and Maeda coming in off the off the wings yeah. Kyogo more at the start of the season because when, when he was fit those kind of bent runs that he would make round to keep his cell on side and he would constantly be running past the, the last defender not getting the ball you'd see remonstrating yeah. then getting back doing it again and again Maeda I have to say I think has done very similar um, I, I don't I don't know why why they, they wouldn't do it but to me again football's very easily played for the stands it looks Aye. to us there's an obvious pass on but if you've got a low block sitting in front of you you might not necessarily always see it Um so I, I, I get that, I get that, and it's a confidence thing, it's a maturity thing, all, all those things. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're as good looking as Matt Riley, you can do what you want. That's fair enough. That's true. Paddy, I wonder if it's, you know, aside from that uh, insight from Miff there, that it's it's just as simple as the fact that Matt Riley's 21 and mm-hmm. David Turnbull's 22. Now, when you're Matt Riley and you're playing with MK Dons, it matters less if you try a, you know, a, a through ball and it doesn't come off. Different when you're at 60,000 capacity Celtic Park. And the same with David Turnbull. You can try these things at Motherwell, you're maybe a wee bit less inclined to do so at Celtic. And I think they're may- I'm not saying they're not playing with freedom because I think Angie's a kind of coach that will encourage freedom, particularly in the final third. But I think as they move forward and as they progress, you know, they- they've got loads of potential and loads of growth left in them. I think as they move forward into next season beyond, you'll see them maybe trying these passes that they're not quite doing at the moment. Which I'm all for, absolutely. I want to see them progress. I want these guys to do well for us. I, I never say anything against it. I can definitely see the ability in both players. Um, 
But what, what I'm talking about is, do we maybe need someone, do we need McGregor coming into that position alongside one of them? Or Rogic playing alongside a lot more um, to the sense that we maybe look at someone going to cover McGregor's position? I always just, I think maybe they need someone with a bit of more, bit more experience to be playing alongside someone that is just going to show them like, this is what it's about, play this earlier pass. Now, do we go and look for someone in the summer like that to come in and, and be that box-to-box midfielder that we kind of, you know, we want that position filled? Or do we bring McGregor up there and bring someone in to cover his, his position? I don't know. I'd love to see the two of them kick on. I just, at this team, I don't think you get a lot of time for that though. We we play so many games, we play at a, a high, like high tempo every single week and we are playing to win the league and every competition we're in, bar Europe possibly, right? Mm-hmm. So do you get the time to do that? I don't think you do and that's my worry. Yeah, and I think we might find out Angie's a nice guy, we all love him, but I think you might see a ruthless side to him in the mm-hmm. summer because, listen, so many players have done so much for him this season but I think some might still get cut. Yeah. You're, and I include guys like Greg Taylor, you know, for example, and you know, I know we kid on about him. He's been brilliant this season. That's right. You're right. But is he the I level? Like, is he the level if you're it. looking to kid, kick on? Yeah. You know, and I think some guys, I, I don't think anyone should rest in their laurels at Celtic and I think you're only as good as your last game. Agreed. And I think Ange might make some ruthless calls and replace some guys or at least provide serious competition for some guys in the summer. Yeah, and I, I think that's, I mean, we need to strive for excellence. I don't, I don't, I don't see why, why we should compromise on that um, it, it's interesting the, the whole midfield I mean McCarthy's not really made an impact um, Beaton looks like he's, like he's leaving uh, does that mean that I'm just confident enough with Araguchi to potentially play that position and move McGregor on um, there are a few questions around that I would say fair, fair to say um, and then you've still got Rogic in there as well I mean we're, we're fairly well covered but it's just uh, yeah the I think we've felt at times the midfield balance has been a bit off. Mm-hmm. I think if you spoke to, you know, 100 Celtic fans, there would be various combinations as to who their preferred yeah. three would be in there. Um, I, I just think Turnbull coming back and, and coming back, showing a, a wee bit about him, mm-hmm. it bodes really, really well. A, a lot of people had him maybe not written off, but I think they expected him to leave actually in, in January had they not been injured so I talk about West Ham at the time and, and stuff like that I'm just quite glad to see him back it's good to see him back fighting for his place and, and, and showing a bit of spark yeah what we'll do I think we'll have plenty of time in the coming weeks to discuss what Ange may and may not do over the summer so we'll, we'll get to all of that um, just in terms of wrapping up the chat on Hearts from the weekend so if the game's been wrapped up by Jack Amakis um with the fourth goal really tidy finish after good work by James Forrest you know he's come in and done pretty well I would say overall um, but you can see just how much it means to Jack Amakis to get his goal absolutely um, and again the the way he's contributed to the team uh, at a time when we really needed him to and up to a point where you know to come back for after missing that penalty against Livingston mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would have assumed your Celtic careers in, in the dirt after that but no he's, he's been brilliant and I thought when he came on against Rangers was good and I thought he was brilliant when he came on against Hearts as well. Just gives that physical presence. You can see that defenders, centre-halves just absolutely hate him because he's just a big pest. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and his finish, what he's shown is just those one-touch finishes. I mean, for the compilation DVD that will get brought out inevitably in 18 months' time, it's going it's well, to be... five minutes. Uh, it's going it's, it's to be really, really sharp. Yeah. Um but no, I, I, I'm delighted for him. I'm delighted for him because he's been such a great addition to the squad and he's different. He's different to what we've got. Yeah. Paddy, as Miff says, 
Jack Amakis has made a, a huge contribution, but what we do have in this Celtic side at the moment, there's a, a real mix of goals and assists right across the board. So seeing just some kind of details of that across the weekend. So Kyogo, 18 goals, six assists. Abada, 15 goals, 13 assists. That is phenomenal for a 20-year-old winger, uh, just new to the club. Jack Amakis himself, 14 goals, one assist. Doesn't like passing it so much, but likes scoring <laughs> goals. Jota, 12 goals, 16 assists. Turnbull, 9 goals, 7 assists. Maeda, 8 and 4. Rodgick, 6 and 11. And Tony Ralston chipping in with 5 goals and 9 assists. It's a really healthy position for the team to be in, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just the style that we're playing. It's the it's the epiphany, sorry, the, the epitome of uh, Angeball. It really is. It's just, it's incredible to watch. We're, we're, we're seeing goals and assists coming from all angles. And it's just... That's the freedom that we definitely have. You know, that, that they are comfortable and when it, teams kind of sit in, it's difficult for us to break them down. But when you get a team that maybe try, tries to come out and play against us, everyone's pitching in to pick them off. It's uh, It's been a joy to watch this season. The football's been lovely. It's been one of the best I've seen. Absolutely. And, and to your point about the, the end of season DVD, that was the 130th goal of the season. So yeah. it might be a, a double CD. Is that what we're looking at? I'll take that. Is that, is that, <laughs> that, that way it's shaping up. Um, but yeah, it's great to see and there's a real spread of goals and assists across the board. Um, Miff, you touched on the fact that near Beaton might soon become far Beaton. <laughs> uh, the suggestion is that he's going to move on in the summer. Uh, he's had nine years at Celtic. He signed for a million from Ashdod back in summer 2013. He's won 17 trophies, played over 270 games. And I was surprised when I looked this up, he's actually played a part in 37 games this season. So he's done his job at Celtic. He's played his part, hasn't he? Absolutely. And I think after the Michelin game, if he'd never played for Celtic again, a lot of fans would have been happy. I think it says a lot about Ange that he was able to kind of keep him going and and make him a useful part of the squad because I don't think a lot has seen a way back from him after that. So, so reckless was his, his behaviour. Um, Beaton's a, a, a strange one. Other than maybe eighteen an eighteen month period, he's never really been regarded as a as a starter in all those years. Um, and the reason he's been released is probably because there's not got to be any qualifiers from the play centre half in next year, which became the the kind of cliche every season. You know, what's this season if Neil Beaton's not starting the qualifiers at centre half? Um, I'd mentioned there, Paddy, though he's played over two hundred and seventy games. Mm-hmm. Of the 37 games he's been involved in this season, he started 19 of them, which is actually more than you would maybe realise as well. So I think whilst he would certainly go with everyone's best wishes and he's played his part across a number of seasons, including this one, I think it's maybe just the right time for all parties to to make that move. It should have happened a long time ago, in my opinion, when you're <laughs> beat on. I've said that many a time. Um, I can't fault what he's given us this season. He's came in and showed some games up for us. But again, just someone who has been reckless in some tackles and cost us a lot of games with red cards here or there. Um, a player just simply for me, not good enough for our level. Um, and, you know, I, I, I wish him all the best, but I'm, I'm glad it's it's looking like it's coming to an end. That sounds quite... Got a book, Paddy, for the testimonial committee. Aye, this uh, was meant to be absolutely. quite a nice, fluffy, all the best near. Good luck to you and your family. Thanks, Aaron. But yeah. you're just want get him out. Nine years, he's done well. Aye. Do you know what, if I remember rightly... Did he get sent off in his debut against Ajax? Did he come the on Champions as a League, sub? Yeah. <laughs> he basically got red carded within about 13 minutes, something like that. That's the maybe told us what, <laughs> what we needed to know at the time. Right. Matt Fully, go with your best wishes. Uh, uh, yes, he will. Um, you can win the I think, I think he's been a he's been a, a, a good servant. I think it's quite telling that various different managers have, have used him. You know, like Sir Rogers and Ange 
being the most notable because they've been the most successful. Um, but yeah, listen, it's it's strange to think that he's been at the club so long and been, been just been for the most part a bit part player. Um, some games he looks absolutely serene, but you know that the nonsense is just a mere yeah. matter of minutes away. However, best of luck you. And thank you for everything. Genuinely, thank you for everything. Fair enough. Mixed opinions cool. there across the board. <laughs> um, and similar ish news, Scott Brown also confirmed this week that he's decided to hang up the boots so that he can fully focus on his ambition of becoming a manager in his own right. Uh, just a reminder uh, in terms of Bruni's numbers so 620 appearances for Celtic, one of only seven players ever to make over 600 appearances for the club. He scored 46 goals, picked up 22 trophies, 20 of them as captain. Phenomenal. 10 leagues, 6 Scottish Cups, 6 League Cups and 55 caps for Scotland. He done alright, didn't he? Legend. Is that the Aberdeen player? <laughs> Former. <laughs> um, no, uh, Brown, listen, what, what can you say? Uh, he is just... <laughs> I was watching that, that video when a guy, was it the, the guy Adam Lynch? Mm-hmm. Um, done a video for him and it's just phenomenal. If you're on Twitter, go and check it out. It's, it's just brilliant. And he... Uh, it's just how much yeah, an absolute bam he is. <laughs> it's just great. It's just like when he's on your side, he's in your team. I was actually was away in the weekend and one of the guys is a, an Aberdeen fan. Uh, and I, I hadn't seen him in a few, just with COVID and that, I hadn't seen him in a few years. And when we were talking about the football, I said, so what about Bruni then? Is he, did he convert? He's like, oh, I straight away just like, you know, and they hated him he, just as much as Rangers fans hated him. They hated him. But that, that's just the power of his personality. You, you see him on your side, you see him putting that effort in, noising the other team up. It's just a joy to watch, man. I just I just love him. I love him. And and that to to think of the period that he's presided over as captain, it's just it will never never be repeated. He's also played his part in getting Aberdeen a couple of draws against Rangers this season, including his his diving header at Ibrook. So aside from his six hundred and twenty games, he was still doing a wee bit of, uh, what's the word, like freelance work for Celtic <laughs> this season. Uh, Paddy, it'll be interesting to see what his next move is. So you, know, you presume it's you know somewhere coaching, if not you know a manager in his own right so soon. Would you like to see him back at the club one day in some capacity? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he's, he's offered a lot to this team and you know what role that would be, we don't know. Um, it's too early to say manager. We don't know what you know what, what he's going to do in that, that, um, that effect. I think he's been... He's been huge for us though, and he's he's a great um great character in the, the dressing room. The amount of people that have paid respect to him over the weekend, uh wishing him all the best in his career. And you're talking like you know, I've seen the likes of Dembele take time to congratulate him, Edward, uh Benkovic came out and said it's like one of the best captains, stuff like that. Just everyone is everyone's paying respect to him and he's just he was huge for us. Um the amount of times, you know, there was difficult games at uh, um Ibrox and Scott Brown was the type of player that if we were maybe a goal behind or we hadn't kind of started, it would be a challenge or it would be a, a block or something like that that would just kick everyone into gear because he might be received. I remember once he got um, a, a yellow card at Ibrox and just started going through the rest of the teammates. We were 1-0 down and we came back and 1-2-1, you know, just he takes a game of the scruff of the neck and a, a player... I'm not saying we would take Scott Brown back. I don't think he's up to the pace for for Celtic anymore, sadly. But my God, you would you would love another. 
Absolutely. Great player. Yeah. It's been interesting just the contrast between him and Callum McGregor's styles mm -hmm. as captains, but there's no doubt that they were both, you know, they've both been very effective, but yeah. Brown has done, you know, wonders for Celtic and, and we wish him all the best with whatever his next move will be. Um, some other important news broke last week, Paddy, and I know you've got some information here on it, but Celtic have appointed Mark Lowell as head of first team scouting and recruitment. Lowell is, of course, son of former CEO Peter Lowell and joined Celtic from City Football Group where he was their head of scouting and recruitment. He spent 10 years at the City Group, so he's obviously operated in a, an elite environment uh, and he'll arrive at the club with a an array of contacts and a very wide network. What do you feel generally about the appointment? You just said everyone I was going to say. Right, got you. <laughs> I'm kidding. On. Just <laughs> move on. Just move on. Uh, right. No, it, I think it's, uh, I think it's one that will obviously divide opinion, mainly just down to who his father is. Um, but I think that if you look at it, it's it seems to be, it's been a wish of Ange to get him here. Apparently, um, when Ange was joining last last summer, um, he had spoke about trying to get Mark Lowell in place then, um, but because of his commitments with the City Group at that point, it wasn't it wasn't feasible then. Um, <clears throat> it's an Ange move, and that's that for me is enough to make me think let's let's give this a chance. I'm not worried about anything to do with the Peter Lowell thing. Um, I think that if you're bringing someone but with this guy's experience in, someone that's worked with a, a huge group such as the City Group and he's worked with every club I think within the City Group as well. Mm -hmm. He's worked with obviously the likes of New York City FC, Yokohama and he's worked with uh, obviously Manchester City. He's helped Celtic a lot with the likes of Paddy Roberts coming in, um, Dedrick Boyata, Jason uh, Denier. Yeah, yeah, they've all came through Mark Lowell so the links that we could have through this guy is going to be good and He's not going to be our chief scout. He's going to be the head of all of our scouts. And I just think he's going to be basically in charge of where we are looking at, what markets we are looking at. And I think it's a great move from Celtic. Yeah. If only we had some handy quotes from Ange to summarise just what you've said there, Paddy. Hold on a moment. <laughs> so, yeah, as you say, Ange was, you know, particularly excited about the move and he spoke during the week. He said, I was very keen for Mark to join the club and clearly I'm delighted that he's accepted this important role and that we've been able to bring him to Celtic. Mark is someone who I worked closely with throughout my four years at Marinos, through which time we developed great trust and an excellent working relationship. He knows the way I like to work, the way my teams play and the particular player profile which this requires. And I think I'm totally on board with what Paddy says there, Miff. If it's good enough for Ange, it's good enough for me. Case closed. I don't yeah. really have any more to add. That quote says a lot. You know, I, I, people can get their knickers in a twist about various different things in life and often perception becomes more important than reality. The perception here is his second name's Lowell, he's related to Peter Lowell. Oh no, it must be a bad thing. You know, the, the debate's out on Peter Lowell, but not all Peter Lowell did for Celtic was bad, as we covered on this podcast on its exit. Um, however, in this particular instance, that quote for Ange covers everything for me, and I didn't mean to hit my mic there. That's okay. People have said that, you know, Paddy, if his name was anything but Lowell, you'd be raving at how we've managed to make this appointment. He, he's clearly a Celtic fan. You know, he's got the club's best interest at heart and I think it's a, a brilliant piece of business. How's uh, Fergal Harkin getting him to help? Aye, he's taken a job in Belgium. I think it's Standard Liège. i just seen it today, coincidentally. Um, so Fergal Harkin <laughs> is not on our radar. He's been waiting all this time. He's been waiting all this time. That wasn't a, no. was a set-up either. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 
But yeah, as I say, I think, you know, just looking at the the bare facts of the matter, well, all well, 10 years experience, working with these elite clubs, this elite group, working in that environment, the network, the contacts, everything about it's got to be good. Yeah, definitely. I was reading um, John McGinley's article on it um, and he'd said that uh, he reckons it's actually Law was one that Mark Law was one of the main players and bringing Andrew over as well. So, bring him I, in. I think there's no doubt. So, Andrew obviously mentioned there that he's worked with Mark Law during his four years at Yokohama Marinos, and it kind of tells you exactly where the Andrew appointment came from. There was obviously the Don Mackay chat and different things. There's no doubt at some point Mark Lowell said, Dad, check this guy out. <laughs> we need to have a look. And whether it's through conversations with Peter Lowell and whatever on the board, Andrew's been on the radar. And, yeah, you know, we've discussed at length the Eddie Howe thing. He was in the wings should Eddie Howe not work out and they've moved swiftly to appoint him. So now he's not a day for it, but credit to people for A, identifying Ange and then making the move to to bring him in. And look how that's all worked out. Um, moving on from that, so obviously we can now officially wrap up the title this midweekend, this, sorry, this midweek, with any sort of positive result at Tannadice where we faced Dundee United on Wednesday. We've won a couple of titles at Tannadice over the years, including the title for Tommy back in 2008. Paddy, are you looking forward to officially getting over the line? Yeah, it's going to be great. It's um, we've we've worked very very hard this season, um, and it's been a joy to watch. We've all kind of been on the the basically the support for this team from the get go. We've known how hard the season it was going to be. You know, not all of us thought that we were, we were going to even win this league. We all thought, you know, good challenge. That would that would be enough. That was what a lot of us were saying at the beginning of the season, and. To go on and 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 do it this way, it's just been it's been great. We we thoroughly deserve it. Um, it's and just incredible just to go and take it take what is ours back straight away as well. And we are still still at the first stage, as he says. So yeah, love it. There was obviously the possibility had Rangers not taken three points against Dundee United on Sunday there that Celtic um, would have won the league without even having to play their fixture but it's better to do it on the park isn't it? Yeah I, I mean I loved uh, I loved Angie's response to Kenny McIntyre the wee bitter get um, but it's absolutely brilliant that if, if we go and do it in front of our fans at Tanadice, you know I've, I've although I've seen apparently Dundee United have cancelled a lot of tickets for the Dundee United end so put a statement out Yeah I, they'll, they'll always find a way but Have you found a way? No No, no joy yet. so no, far No joy uh, Muff, we're 30 games unbeaten in the league. Is it going to be 31 after Wednesday? Yes, I expect so. I expect so. Although I'm quite up for just um, playing the B team and winning the goal difference. <laughs> <laughs> just going for that? Yep. Yeah, that'd be fun for sport. Yeah. Um, it's been a long season though, but this is for Ange and the players really get the reward for, for all their efforts. As I say, I'm sure Ange and the players would have taken it any which way they could have won the league and, and as fans, certainly at the start of the year, you would have, but... To go there, they've got the opportunity now to go up to Tannadice and put on a display for the fans and that'll be a really exciting way to do it. No, absolutely, and, and like you say, there's a bit of, bit of heritage there in regards to titles being won at Tannadice. Um, 2008 was particularly wild from, from memory, or lack of memory. Um, <laughs> but, you know, these are the exact positions that I, I, I believe Ange will hammer home to the players about creating history destiny being in their own hands it being down to them you know th this for him that this is his mantra coming to life it's the players belief in his methods um, being justified that they're going to reap the rewards for that and it's been amazing to see the way the, the team's knitted together you can see that they are a, a really really effective cohesive working unit I think 
the, the games against Rangers being kind of condensed into a, a three, four week period probably haven't been helpful because it's made them become attritional and that takes away from the way that we like to, to play our game. Um, but even saying that, we've, we've shown a stomach for the fight because we've, we've not been, been rolled over in any of the games. We've, we've shown a bit of fight and it's taking it's taking an extra time goal to beat us in, in, in one of the games. So going to Tanadice, you feel the team, you know, the, the shackles are off now because you've that comeback win against Hearts, the manner in which they've done it. Um, we didn't even touch on a couple of bizarre decisions. Um, yeah. That, that that went against us, um, so it could have could have easily been been by more the the, the atmosphere. Paddy, you touched on it, and I think that's a very very important point. Was the goal created an atmosphere in the stadium which yeah. was almost like a release, where the t- the fans just kind of absolutely unconditionally went behind the team, Supported. which may not have may not have happened if it had been nil nil and got mm-hmm. a bit got a bit edgy. So I thought that made a, made a huge impact and, and the players were almost liberated because of that. I think you'll see similar um, on Wednesday night. I think you'll see the players just with the handbrake off, just going for the jugular. Yeah. In terms of team stuff, Paddy, I was thinking it through myself whether Ange might you know, bring a youngster in, maybe get a Dembele involved, but I don't think he will and I don't think he should. I think the reward for all these players is game time. Yeah. It's anodice. You know, you, there's no point in having guys who've contributed all season and not giving them that reward and I think he'll stick by and large with the guys that have got us here yeah it's a rotational team um, as, it, as we've seen all season I think I think back to like I wonder what our first 15 odd games our starting lineup look like looks like and, and some of like the younger players that were given opportunities also used out of necessity as well mm-hmm. so the guys that are there just now yeah that like no one can uh, rest in their laurels as you say they're their own team and I just think that They'll all want to play. No one wants to miss this one. Um, I hope to see a good performance from uh, Dyson Maeda on on Wednesday. I think uh, just before we've come on today, I've actually read it. He's looking like he said he wants to stay and continue on from, obviously, from the loan move. So that's that's great for us as well because mm-hmm. what a player, what a signing. And I just think he can only get better too. So, yeah, yeah. I think they all want to go for it on Wednesday. And I think, yeah. Let's go and win it in style, as mm-hmm. they say. Yeah, the, on my there, I'd have been amazed had it been anything but that decision from his point of view. And I think it's been such a an exciting three, four months for him as well. He's come into a winning side, mm-hmm. played his part in making sure that we kept winning. And I think he, like many others that Muff mentioned, will only going to get better. It'll be good that he, he settles his future and, and can look forward to that. Muff as well, just talking about the players, you know, at Tanadice. There's been so many that have played their part this season. And I'm thinking of guys like Adam Montgomery, and Owen Moffat Welsh Stephen Welsh yeah. as well Dane Murray found himself, Dane Murray who's picked up an injury an ACL injury unfortunately has he? yeah um, but there's so many guys it'll be interesting I'll find out for next show just how many players have played but you know now we've got it to a core of there's probably about 15 guys 16 guys give or take that rotate but early in the season there was so many is there anything on Juranovic you see out for the season? I don't know he was there certainly amongst the celebrations at the end uh, the other day he had was the it? the, the <laughs> the bubble jacket on and all that stuff <laughs> so we'll see but listen, if he misses a couple of games in so be it he will be front and centre of those celebrations did you see the, I don't know if you've seen the picture on Twitter it just said football moves fast um, it was McGregor celebrating his goal for Scotland and Juranovic in the back I've seen that brilliant, oh, brilliant. 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 Yeah, I did see that so we'll see what plays out uh, on Wednesday to analyse but to Paddy's point I hope and think the players will go and put on a show and, and we'll, we'll go over the line in some style they should make up a song about that you could uh, 
Give us a wee rendition if you like. No, 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 no. Keep that for the special. Save that for last <laughs> week. Um, but the real party will then take place at Celtic Park after Saturday's lunchtime kickoff against Motherwell. Um, I think it's just going to be something really special. It'll be a, a great atmosphere in the air. It's brilliant to take, you know, take it back to Celtic Park. Paddy, do you think we'll see Ryland officially present the Singed Scottish Premiership trophy to Callum McGregor? I hope so. I hope he comes up. Absolutely cinched it. But cinched it. I, I generally think as well, I hope our DG hasn't peaked because he played uh, one more time on Saturday and it was perfect. Absolutely perfect for the lap of honour. It's great. Yeah. But Maff, these days should be absolutely savoured, shouldn't they? They only come along for Celtic fans 10 times every 11 years. <laughs> as it's Haley's comment material, um, I think that this is this is different. This is different. I think that, you know, you could sense on the, the game on Saturday there is a undercurrent just waiting to come bursting out after the frustrations of last season and how unlikely success this season looked. Success this season would have been a close title running but now we're at this end of it I mean can you just imagine that we, we weren't in the position we were in it doesn't even bear thinking about so you know we will be eternally grateful to Ange for, for making this happen and, and the players of course but would never ever have happened without him because I don't think other than maybe somebody like Sir Alex Ferguson I don't think there's anybody with the charisma and the personality to take the weight that they did on their shoulders and carry it off I think there's very very few people in world football would have been able to do it yeah I agree with that uh, and I think the atmosphere on Saturday there, Paddy, after Hearts, it was it was pretty celebratory, but you could see they were just holding something back. Those shackles will be all off and then some on Saturday coming. It's going to be a really special day. Yeah, it will be a great day. Um, just the spirit between them all, even just on that lap of honour. You're spot on. They weren't letting everything out, but there was just that relaxed feel about it all. The new job was done. The slippers are, slippers are on now, unless it goes into goal difference. Um, but I just thought it was great just even watching Ange walking at the, the back of it all just he just knows Yeah, we know I think as well that you know there, there are only a few players in the side aside from the existing Celtic players the guys like Tom Rodgers Callum McGregor Greg Taylor but there's only a few players who have won leagues before you know Juranovic <laughs> has won leagues I think Hatati's won leagues in Japan and Joe Hart has won leagues with Man City there's not many that aside of this new crop of what 15 guys and as I, you know, I said jokingly there that you know Celtic win the league ten times every eleven years. As a pro footballer, you don't have that type of success. Some guys will only win. Some guys will never win a league, and some guys might only win it once. And they've got to savour these moments, haven't they? Absolutely. And, and in the point of Taylor, um, it was the season that got stopped, but he won his first title, so it'll be especially kind of memorable for him as well. The fact that you're going to be doing it out in the park with all the fans there as well, so. It's just so important that psychology means so much in football and, and it's these things you take forward with you and you then know that you're a winner. Um, for me, this Celtic team has just been so enjoyable to watch. You could see bit by bit what the manager was trying to do. Then you could see the players buying into it. The, the telling thing for me was just how much McGregor had bought into it. I think that was a key. Um, and that obviously drove the rest of the dressing room. Unfortunately, for different reasons, you know, Rogic kind of was, was in and out through injury, Forrest in and out through injury. So, the experienced players that had been there before weren't really there to help. Christian Edward then left, yeah. Ayer left, you know. Makes it even it's, more remarkable. It's, it's remarkable. Uh -huh. that's, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Uh -huh. It's absolutely remarkable. The, the fact that 95% of his signings have worked. Aye. You know, those things. And there was a lot of signings because of the nature of it. Hart being such a pivotal signing. Juranovic adding, I mean, that, that, that signing is an absolute steal. What a player. What a player. And then Ralston being like a new player, kicking on again. Mm -hmm. Taylor, um, you know, can I step up on, on all known previous form for, for Celtic? Yeah. 
uh, and and most crucially that settled centre half pairing um, with Eamon Hart giving us a foundation to, to go on and play the type of football that, that we've been playing yeah and it's all going to culminate in a very special day at Celtic Park on Saturday so one that we can all look forward to Interestingly, and, and certainly different from any other season um, in recent times, there's now going to be a seven-week break from that game on, on Saturday against Motherwell before our pre-season tour. So Celtic also confirmed last week that we'll take in a pre-season tour of Austria in July. Um, there'll be a couple of fixtures there still to be confirmed and then we'll play, I think it's Norwich and Blackburn Rovers at Celtic Park in the weeks that follow. I don't know <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do for seven weeks. Andrew will be busy. You know, him and Mark Lowell and the, the back team guys, I dare say the players might get a two, three week break, you know, it's very interesting. Obviously, there's no international tournament with the World Cup being in November. But it'll be a very welcome break for the players because they've put so much into this. Obviously, Rio Hattati's come out recently and said that he's not just physically tired, he's emotionally tired. And you can pass that on to any number of the players that will be uh, getting us over the line here on Saturday because they've put so much into this season. And it's not just your physical exertions, it's the emotion and the psychological side of playing at Celtic and having to win week in week out well, I can only imagine how draining it is and we saw the, the negative part of that last season because mm. you could see some of their players f visibly wilt under the pressure of yeah. you know chasing what was the the big the big dream um, I think I think it's really encouraging that Ariel Hattach has spoken out like that yeah albeit that it's, it's he's not been able to kind of Put that across to the, the Scottish press as such, but I think it's very, very important, and it's probably just as important for our, our own fans to to remind themselves of that that these are young men, you know, who have came to, for specifically thinking of the new signings. A lot of them have came to a new country, mm -hmm. and uh, in, in some cases, probably learning a new language, and then have been thrust into this absolute madness that is Scottish football, right. um, and that constant demand to be winning and for your performance levels to be absolute peak. You know, for the Japanese lads, they've come off the back of a season. Yeah. Uh, we're we not a lot of breaks. Some of them are still playing international football. So I think it's important that the guys speak out and, and so that we as fans understand there is, a, there is a mental side to this, there is an emotional side to this. Some of these guys might be here not with any family with them and all that as well. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, there, there's loads of different small component parts that make that up. And it does just give you that sobering reminder that these are human beings Absolutely. who are, are, are putting themselves under immense stress and pressure for, for our benefit so um, really encouraging that Real Hattati spoke out but also equally as encouraging that it seems that situation has been managed by our manager yeah. who I think just completely gets the whole element of not only the physical but the mental side of the game yeah I think there's no doubt about that and I think the fact that they're not just the new guys that come in they're not just 15 football players they're 15 human beings with lives and families and homes and, and, and you know life away from football and I think that makes it all the more impressive that they've they've gelled in, in the way that they have done. And keeping in mind, you've also got the guys who were already here. They're welcoming new guys into their kind of inner sanctum, into their dressing room. And I just think you can see it. I've watched again, just the Celtic put a three and a half minute odd video out after Saturday. Mm -hmm. And the togetherness in that squad is unbelievable. They're all laughing and joking and, and mixing and just high fives everywhere. And it's very, very genuine and it's great to see. Well, I think it's huge. Absolutely. Um, I think that the, the team spirit is, is going to be massive for us. And we're talking about the, the seven-week break. Maeda's came out and said the same. He needs a rest. It's time It's time. Time to put the feet up for a bit. I just think that, you know, it's one of those ones that have been so close together for this season. It's been such a, not an emotional season, but it's just been draining for them in the sense of what was so important for them. And also, 
not been backed by any form of media at all, no one giving them a chance this season to go on and do what they've done is something special. And I think what they have in the changing room, what is still to be added to the changing room, they'll be so, so hungry to get back and get at it. And that's why I'm saying we'll be 20 points plus. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, a very welcome seven-week break. And there's no doubt that next season's plans are already well underway, but the players will be so energised by, you know, picking up the trophy on Saturday and then looking forward to everything that next season brings, including, you know, Champions League group stages guaranteed. Muff, we're on the home straight of a season that's been very long, but also very enjoyable. What's your final thoughts as we start to wrap things up for this week? Just can't wait for Wednesday. Can't wait. Just bring it on. Quite simply. That's it. Fair enough. Paddy, we're just about there. How have you enjoyed the Andy journey so far? Loving every minute of it. Um, aye. We never stop. Let's keep going. <laughs> right on side with the season ticket campaign. <laughs> this week, Celtic will wrap up their 10th title in the last 11 seasons and in doing so will officially rubber stamp their position as the best team in the country. It's a title that seems pretty unrealistic when Ange first took the reins back in June and it now begs the question just how far can he take us over these next few seasons. Thanks to Miff and Paddy for joining me today and thanks to you for continuing to support the Celtic Exchange. Help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast and by sharing this episode far and wide with your Celtic supporting pals. It really goes a long way to helping us do what we do. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Podcast Network.